Windowless commercial jets are on their way, and President Trump might support marijuana legalization. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to the Focus Group Unbuttoned. I'm John Nash in New York, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett in Philadelphia. Welcome, Tim. Hey, welcome to rainy Philly, I guess. You guys missed the weather. Hey, we're, we're, we're cool and dry up here for the time being, which is a rarity, I'm going to say, because we've had pretty odd weather. Hey, TFG Unbuttoned is brought to you every week by our friends at Critics' Choice Video. We want to thank them for supporting the broadcast. And you can find Unbuttoned every Tuesday in your podcast feed or at focusgroupradio.com, which is the site we want you to visit to learn all about our show, including our Wednesday broadcast, which is live from 1 to 2 p.m., Available always, of course, as a YouTube video or as a audio podcast. So a bunch of stuff we're going to cover today. Um, before I forget, we want to say happy pride. <laughs> there's only three. Are, are we still doing that? <laughs> there's only three more weeks the leprechaun can do anything, and then it's back in the box with that one, right? Happy pride. Uh, but I listened to last week's show again. Um, we Tim and I often uh, air check our, our shows, and I thought, ooh, this is a little heavy. So I thought we, we're going to do a little bit of a lighter TFGM button and, and focus on a couple of, of stories that uh, caught our eye, um, like we do on our main broadcast. And the first one is an article that uh, comes to us about the future of commercial aircraft, and I was kind of intrigued by this. Uh, me and Tim used to fly quite frequently for business, and this came from uh, Emirates Airlines, which is actually one of the biggest airlines in the world, which I wasn't really aware of until I read. I've read this once or twice before, but once I read this article, I was like, wow. And it was the president of Emirates, Tim Clark, who said that there is a point in time when they believe that there will be no windows on commercial aircraft. And instead, what it will be is when you walk into the plane, there'll be screens everywhere which are feeding into the cabin um, images from the exterior of the of the aircraft via optical fiber cameras, and they're already testing this on some of the Emirates first class flights. And according to one reviewer, he thought it was pretty amazing because you could switch to landing and takeoff views, and you could do all sorts of things. And the and the monitors are so um, high quality, and the image is so high quality. I think it even exceeds what the eye is capable of seeing. So it almost is like a real window. But how do you feel about not having a window on a plane? I'm fine. I'm an aisle seat guy. I hate, uh, and pr- primarily I am because uh, I used to want to be able to have easy access to the bathroom. So I always like an aisle. I know some people like the window, but I like an aisle seat. And if I did get stuck in a window, I didn't like the way the bow of the plane went usually. So I, I was um, being somewhat wide-shouldered in those small seats. I would be uncomfortable. But I never really looked out the window. I would I would look out at takeoff just because I like to see how fast we're going. But other than that, I wouldn't I wouldn't really look out the window. And I'm surprised it's taken this long because toward the end of the article, the big thing that they said is that it actually would be easier to build the aircraft. So it'd be there'd be much more efficient build and you'd be able to use lighter materials if you didn't have to build in windows into the airplane. They said they would be lighter, they'd fly faster and uh, they burn less fuel and they'd fly higher. So I'm all for that, I, but I'm wondering if the airline, if the price of a ticket would go down. My guess is no. <laughs> I don't know about the price of the ticket, but you are right. At the end of the article, they had that little nugget buried in there, which was 
um, structurally more sound and more fuel efficient. But then they said in the same breath that that might run afoul of some of the um, airline regulations because of emergency exits or just that whole notion of how do you evacuate a plane? But you know, the truth is we don't evacuate through the windows. We I was going to say no one doors, goes out the right? window. Yeah. No one goes yeah. out the window. You go out through the door. I, I'm more concerned. And I brought this up a number of times. I'm more concerned with us flying faster. We, we should be able to get from to New York and LA in an hour and a half, 90 minutes or, or right. Can't we just shoot up higher, shoot across, go down. I don't care about sonic boom over Chicago. <laughs> Hello, Chicago. Um, <laughs> or fly over, fly over Kansas, fly over someplace where it's not going to affect anything. But obviously, there's military aircraft that are doing that all the time. I had a friend that was a fighter pilot, and he used to go from L.A. to somewhere in Alabama, and uh, they would do it in about an hour. And uh, but they were obviously way, way high in the air. But uh, it could be done. I just don't know why we don't do it. I guess it burns too much fuel. It's a fuel equation, yeah. You know, there's the uh, commercial aircraft can currently fly much faster than they do on certain routes, but um, it does come down to that fuel passenger equation. And then I think there was something that you had talked about years ago about this, where they had figured out that if every flight went as fast as it was supposed to, it would burn X amount more fuel and it just seems like it's not going to happen. And in fact, the the president of Emirates even mentions at the beginning of the article that he he does not foresee supersonic flights in the near future. I mean, that kind of went out the door with the uh, with the Concords, which bad. looked well. Did you you've ever been inside one of them? We, you you and I were at the Dulles uh, Air and Space Museum one time, and we looked inside the. Uh, the Concorde, it's cramped as all get out. I don't think I would have wanted to travel like that. Yeah, it's a little bigger than a pencil. I, a friend of mine's dad used to used to fly quite a bit to uh, to Kuwait, and um, they said it's it was by no means luxury, but it was just built for speed and built for business people that needed to be in a lot of different places in a short amount of time. He built yeah, he used to, to build a lot of radio and military towers, so that's what they used it for. But they said there was nothing better than getting on that and being in New York in three and a half hours. Which, you know, it's the counter. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. The less time, it's like it's like cycling. The less time you're in the saddle, the better, because who wants to be on a little saddle on the end of a stick? Yeah. Bad, bad analogy. Um, next article that you and I came across was written by Susie Welch, Jack Welch's widow. Um, is, is she a widow? Wait. I yeah, she's not a that. widow. He's alive. He's alive still? Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's like that website, Alive or Dead. And she talks about four email mistakes that, and the article says, that make people hate you. I don't believe that. I just think they're four mistakes that people make. Um, A couple of fascinating things about this is some workers receive over 100 emails a day, and we all know that email now consumes. And if if it doesn't consume your workday, it is a huge part of it. And how to work with it, it's a business communication, has always been something that me and Tim talk about on the focus group. And her first... Well, my frustration, my frustration with the email thing is why not just get up? I used to hate when people from the next cube over would send me an email when they could have simply got up and said, hey, do you have the information about X, Y or Z? Because it was just very transactional. It would have been much easier for them to just ask me the question, either yell through the wall or get out of your seat and walk 10 feet rather than flooding your email with nonsense, because a lot of it is just transactional. Yeah, well, yeah. and, and, And to that point, actually. Her first recommendation is choosing is to 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 not choose a vague subject line. So instead of saying "Hey" or "Hi," the subject line should really be something like "Question about staffing, end of day response, please." Or 
um, media plan attached. It needs your eyeballs or needs your approval before, you know, something. And the reason I like that piece of advice is that, you know, when you search your email database, um, force mail from someone, you could actually look down the subject lines and say, oh, that's the one I want based on the subject. So I think that's a smart idea. See, I disagree. I, I, whenever I had anything sensitive to send, I just put RE in the subject line. You know why? There's a lot of nosy people looking over your shoulder at the subject lines. All right. Well, look, I'm not, I actually don't agree with that. I mean, if it's sensitive, I I agree with RE, but what if it's not? What if it's like, get me the new list of territories for sales? No, I would, I would do that. But anything that was sensitive, I would not put like urgent must do because I can't tell you how many times in my eyes, you know, the, the little young millennials with their little hawk eyes, you, you pull up your, your laptop or you pull up your email and they're looking, they're immediately going to subject line, see if there's anything there about them. <laughs> so okay. I, um, all right. so insensitive stuff, I do that. The, the number two thing that we've all, we've all been party to this is CCing the wrong people. It's either just CCing people to impress others, impress the higher ups or cover your ass. And, uh, they said, just make sure that you're not, not, um, including people that don't really need to be part of the part of the chain. If you're doing it just to um, show off or cover your butt, it's not going to be lost in anybody. They're going to know exactly what you're doing. The other thing to that is you don't necessarily have to reply to all when you get one of those, which a correct. lot of people do. Yep, correct. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll call the list down to the really two or three people that, that it's intended to. But that one does, did make sense to me about CCing the wrong people. The next one is a is a a pet peeve of of both of ours, which is forgetting to proofread. You know, I think part of the time and the time that goes into email and processing your email is actually writing it and then rereading it before you send it. Yeah. And she actually emphasizes that as proofreading goes, she should actually say in here it's not just proofreading; it's grammatical check as well. You know, make sure you're saying what you want to say in the, in a succinct and clean fashion, and make sure you're not it's not riddled with mistakes. And she goes, and I think that's just a simple says it all by itself, right? Yeah. No, that was that was a good one about proofreading, and and I I remember myself. I I'll proofread over and over, and I'll still make a mistake. But you generally it um you do find something that you might have just read over quickly. And the last one is inappropriate sign offs. Yeah, and yeah. this one, this one, I, I, I was kind of on the fence with as well. I don't. I sometimes will say regards, but I, I it, it makes I'm actually at sincere. a loss for what to say. Sometimes, are you the well, same way? Like, I don't yeah, know, sometimes and, I just want to say John and call it a right. day. And I've done that. And she does say that um, you know you should customize each one. Thanks for giving this thought. Look forward to talking to you about this tomorrow, and find some sort of appropriate sign off. And she says sometimes when people put nothing. Um, she, she says that that can come across as rude, but again, if you're getting over a hundred and a lot of the people we work with are getting, I'm sure more than that. And they'll send us an email and I know who it came from because I see where it came from and they're just looking for a quick question. And so they're the formality of thanks for taking a look at this, da, 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 da. There's no, I'm sure you've noticed that there's no sign off. There's no name at the bottom. You just know I don't where it take came it from. personally. Do you? I don't either. No, not no. at all because I know and how he- busy they are. You know, an executive we used to work with at Volkswagen who has since moved to another company, our friend Eric, once was very, very direct about this in a very funny, polite way. He said, you know, this is all transactional. You don't need to say best and have a great day. I love you. (laughs) Taking it to another level, yeah. 
So I think that makes sense. And an inappropriate sign off is inappropriate, but you know, just use some common sense when it comes to how you close the email and it may not require anything. Like right. if you're thanking somebody for sending you something, I don't want to say thank you and then thank you again. You know, it's, it's yeah. a done deal. I'll finish this one off with one line though. I, I, I have a hard time taking advice from someone who had an inappropriate work relationship. And uh, so Susie Walsh to me is a little bit of a snake, but you know, <laughs> well, there you well, go. Just well, well you this know, piece out. Well, she she had an affair with Jack Walsh, broke up his marriage, broke up her. You know, you know the whole story with her. I do, I do. So I laugh when she's giving advice about how to how to act in the workplace. Really? Okay. <laughs> she must have gone to Trump. You. Oh my God, that's great. Thank you for closing that article out so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one we found for you guys today is, uh, I think this is an interesting one. Why Donald Trump could flip-flop on marijuana legalization. You know, there was a, a, a rash of these articles that came out right around, it was mid-last week when he was really, really angry at Jeff Sessions again, or at least letting that surface about how, how he should never have appointed him if he recused himself, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, a lot of reporters looked at this and said, this is Trump's direct way of putting a finger in Sessions' eye because Sessions was the one who rescinded um, an Obama-era document that allowed the states to operate with some immunity or impunity as as regards to the legalization of marijuana and in this case he's thinking of supporting president trump is thinking of supporting a bill by colorado senator cory gardner and massachusetts senator elizabeth warren that would seek to say leave this to the domains of the states and that way if the if that happened um, fisc financial institutions could actually go and work with these companies and start, you know, handling the money that all that they're all making. Because right now it's kind of a weird gray area. Well, it's not even weird. It's just a gray area. Well, the banks don't want to touch it because of the federal laws. And so they're scared yeah. that they're going. And, and that's the biggest issue of anyone who's invested in any of these. I think there's 11 or 12 states now that have the dispensaries that um, that the public can go purchase beyond medical marijuana is that there's no way to handle the money. And there's just loads of cash. And actually, a number of them, I found out, a number of the states are trying to go through Canada and use Canadian banks because they've decided, the Canadian banks said that they'll um, accept the money as as currency and, and as legitimate legitimate business. But this is a funny thing because the Republicans are all about, in Sessions and Trump, all about states' rights. And that's what they wanted to do about marriage equality. Right. And, and right. so so now when somebody's like, OK, you're all for state states rights, let's let the states decide whether the sale of marijuana is legal or not. And then now they all have to backpedal. I read the article and was confused about where Trump may fall. My guess is Trump could give a crap about marijuana. But it it it, it if he if he knows that it's going to show up as a win for the Democrats because the Democrats have been pushing this, then I think the more the uh, the gist of the story was, well, he'll just say no because of that he doesn't want to let he doesn't want to show any win quote unquote to the democrats so close to the midterms correct that and that was the you know actually you you parsed that perfectly and i'll leave it at that because it's when i i got to the end of the article i thought oh this is less about poking a finger in jeff session's eye and more about <laughs> a very a very calculated look at either he helps cory gardner who is kind of a centrist when it comes to being a republican senator from colorado and of course, you have Elizabeth Warren attached to the bill. Mitch McConnell did not even hates. let a yeah. Well, <laughs> Pocahontas, right? Yeah. Mitch McConnell did not even let a bill that Chuck Schumer sponsored to decriminalize uh, marijuana offenses to help with the judicial and the um, 
the prison system, McConnell never even let that come to the floor because Republicans are staunchly against marijuana because they believe it's a gateway drug. So we'll see how this unfolds. But I didn't it was know interesting. What, yeah, I, I didn't know. I was trying to figure out. It, it seems to me that marijuana has suddenly really come to the forefront of the of the front page of of um, of issues. It seemed to it seems to me maybe it's because I wasn't paying attention, but it seems to me that it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, from a media point of view, perhaps, but I think this has been this has been bubbling along for a while. And, has it? Uh, it, it? Well, after Sessions uh, rescinded that Obama air memo, a lot of people were like, it, 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 everything quieted down because who right. wants to draw attention to yourself, right? But then this pops up, and you know we'll see what happens. I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting turn of events for for our country. And he, I just think of Nancy Reagan saying, "Just say no." <laughs> She's someone spinning in their grave, right? Well, they do say. And we had somebody on the show that talked about how it really helps with the opioid um, the opioid crisis in terms of having the mar- having marijuana um, as a substitute to wean you off uh, opioids. So. Maybe then, yeah. yeah, And since that has been an issue for the Republicans, maybe that'll help. But who knows? All right. So uh, we want to thank Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority. Since 1987, they've been a partner of ours here on Unbutton since we launched the podcast. We want to thank everybody for shopping at Critics' Choice, for being a friend of our sponsor, and for also downloading Unbutton every week. We really appreciate your uh, listening to the show and your input. Um, big sales are going on at Critics' Choice Video. I always recommend, I know I'm a broken record, get a print catalog. They're kind of hilarious, I mean, in a great way, because I don't get a lot of mail anymore. Poor <laughs> thing. like a, a lonely shut-in. Send me a catalog, right? <laughs> Here comes a catalog. For oh, my God, videos. it's my Critics' Choice catalog. But the catalog really is great because it allows you to just kind of in a nonlinear fashion without clicking around, just flip through and see things that remind you that, oh, I wanted to see that TV show or I wanted to check out that movie. And over at Critics' Choice right now, um, through the month of June, there's a big summer sale going on. You could take an extra 25% off um, your purchase. It applies to, I think it seems to be site-wide as I'm looking at this. It's movies, TV shows, studio releases, and just summer sale in general. So um, I would check that out. And uh, there was something that I saw even on the homepage. Oh, I think it just changed. Um, a set that I wanted to see, and now I have to like find it again. Was there anything that you wanted to take note of, or? Well, I it's during the. Um, I was talking to some friends this weekend about about uh, about Critics Choice Video, and so be sure to go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the logo. What I recommended to them, and I've done this, is uh, is I've loaned out DVDs or CDs or Blu-ray or or video over the years, and it never comes back. And so the fact that there's a summer sale going on, it's a great time to pick up some things that may have been your favorites that you loaned to somebody and you'll probably never see again. And a couple of my friends had mentioned that there was a movie they were looking for and they were happy that they were able to find it at Critics' Choice. It was a British film called The Weekend or something. I may have it wrong, but he was delighted that they were able to find it there. So it's um, if uh, you want to replenish your uh, library, it's a good time to do it during the summer sale. So, hey, we want to thank everybody for joining us on TFGM Button today. Thanks again to Critics' Choice Video. Go to focusgroupradio.com, click on the Critics' Choice Video logo, and then start shopping away. But the first thing you have to do, as John reminds you, is get a catalog, and then you'll have it uh, have it for reading while you're in your downtime at home. And <laughs> so we, we hope you uh, join us on our live show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. 
You can find out more about John and I at focusgroupradio.com. Everyone have a great week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.